So how is it? How's it going? It's going good. Can't complain, you know. How are the new facilities coming along? Great. We haven't moved in yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we should be getting uh, internet installed pretty soon. I'm doing it myself, but like I have to call them and I have to be there and it has to be during, you know, nine to five on a weekday. And then at some point we're having the asbestos removed. <laughs> but but internet first, because, you know, priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just contacted a bunch of people. We just found out that our attic has asbestos. Great, great, fantastic. So we're uh, we're working on getting rid of that. Well, I mean, you know, you don't want to do that one yourself? No. <laughs> you lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> How have you been? You know what? Fucking, I'm not in the fucking mood today, all right? I'm just not. I'm not in the fucking mood, Andrew, all right? Hang on then, I gotta change some of these jokes around. <laughs> yeah. Just not in the fucking mood. All right. Tired. I woke up today. Well, there's your first problem. Sarah's Sarah's mad at me because I did this thing that annoys the crap out of her. I woke up this morning alive. Yep. And from there, it was just... Then we had to go get groceries today. We have a grocery store that we're trying to go to because it has all the stuff that we want to get. But for like half the price of like where we were going before, but it's... Two and a half miles away. So then we walked two and a half miles to get to the grocery store. We would load up on groceries and then we're walking in the fucking humidity two and a half miles back with a stroller and a 70 pounds worth of groceries. And it's like Moses leading them through the desert, but with a gallon of almond milk. It's fucking horrendous. Just not, not in the fucking mood. Chris. What? Do me two favors. I swear to God. <laughs> Already. Already done. Well, I wasn't going to make a joke, but I feel like one of these. And do me three favors. Okay, great. One, where should I put my mic? <laughs> one is uh, if you can and you can still hear me, turn down yeah. your headphones a little bit because I was coming up on your mic a little bit. If that's. If you'll still be able to hear me. Or just shave the hair around your ears so it suctions So, so it suctions on. So yeah. back. I'll just wet. I'll take a little bit of water and I'll just wet it around the rim. And if then... you could super glue it. Yeah. That would fine. be great. Um, okay. Let's try that. And the other one. Put your volume up one tick. One more to five. Yeah. Your, ga your gain. Yeah. 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 Five should be perfect. I great. Think. Five it is. Okay. And the third thing. If you could just I do your best to have a great day. You know. Because I don't want to fucking put up with your shit. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Everybody. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and pay tribute to a king. My name is Chris Trivial. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Man, I'm so sad. I, I, know. I know this is old news by now, but like it literally happened the day after we recorded last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a bit of housekeeping about it, about the death of Chadwick Boseman before we talk about him. Yeah, the, the reason we had episodes... That didn't address it is because at the time when we recorded it, he was still alive. 
and so we haven't gotten a chance to meet up since it happened. But um, this uh, this was a this was a tough one. I'm not gonna lie. This was. Is there? I'm sorry. What's? I don't want to interrupt our somber moment here, but there's some sort of light flashing going on. Is there a police state in New Jersey? Is there a UFO coming was into it, your room? What's happening over there? Yeah, it's that. What is uh, that? It was me trying to move the Zoom window and instead making it full screen. Instead, porn came up. And then making it not full screen and then making it full screen. and then make, I'm an old man, is what Great. I'm trying to say. Um, so, of course, by now, everybody is known about and heard about and talked about the death of Chadwick Boseman, but um, I thought it, it warranted at least a couple of minutes of us talking about it because I haven't seen you or talked to you since it happened. Uh, I know we texted a little bit, but um, this was, the, I, and I said this to you before, I was like, this is a hard one. This is really tough. Um, just one, he was so young and the fact that he didn't tell anyone is astonishing and admirable in this day and age. Um, and not only did he not tell anyone, the few people he did tell, he he told them not to tell. You know, he, his publicist knew and his agent knew. And he told them, don't say anything. Don't make anything out of this. And to their credit, they didn't. Like, this was kept completely under wraps, which is incredible in this day and age. Um, but just, uh, it's one of those things when a person like Chadwick Boseman passes away, you now can look at the career in its entirety. And so it becomes less a career and more of a narrative. And when I sat down and had talked a little bit about this, on the thing I, I wrote on Facebook, but when you look down at the narrative of his career, it's astonishing to see because it is one of those careers that you can see him trying to say something and trying to really make a difference in his actions, in his choices. He didn't just off camera or, or in the press talk about a certain type of message or social issue or something like that. He put that into his work in the projects he chose to do and the parts that he chose to play and the way that he chose to play them. He was a person who had a type of integrity that we don't often see, which I, I, I am completely aghast about. And, um, I, I, I'm kind of taken aback by it, you know. I don't know. Throw something in here because I'm, I'm, I'm losing my words when talking about it. Well, first, the thing you put on Facebook, everyone should go there and check that out because it's, it's beautiful. I think I shared it on Twitter I appreciate as that. well. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, now I appreciate it because a bunch of people told me that uh, they thought that what I had written was beautiful, and I was like, "Thank you." I I wasn't gonna bring it up. <laughs> I noticed it, and I was trying to be the bigger man and not bring it up. But since you brought it up, yeah. I know. Is that the only I reason you're that. talking about it? Is to let yeah, our listeners I know. know. I want to. This right. is a roundabout way. No, <laughs> I think I was making dinner or washing dishes or something, and Melinda was on her phone, and she said, "Chadwick." Bozeman died and i was like chadwick bozeman i was like that's not right that's that's incorrect someone's either pulling your leg or right this is one of those things that get 
gets passed around Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or there was a misunderstanding. Like TMZ is reporting, and it's like it's misunderstood. Like he just, it was, or it's a different guy with the same name. Or so I was like, there's some mix up. This, right. this man is in like, and it was like of cancer, and I was like, that's ridiculous. That's no, that's what not. really got me. I was like, there's no yeah, way. I was like, this man is in perfect health. Yeah. He's like 43 years old. There's no chance that this is right. And then, yeah, more and more people started reporting on it. I think the thing that solidified it for me was Ryan Coogler talking about it. The director of Black Panther yeah. basically wrote yeah. a eulogy for Chadwick Boseman. That was beautiful. Um, it was interesting, too. Michael uh, Michael B. Jordan had a thing about he made a post about how I think it was him who he was sort of like um, <laughs> like making fun of Chadwick Boseman when they were working on the movie together because he had all these like handlers and helpers and appointments and he was getting acupuncture done and mas- mas- like a masseuse was there for him and stuff. Right. And, right. Uh, and then he was like, it never even occurred to me that like, Oh, this wasn't pampering. <laughs> this was just to like right. make his body work for the stuff he had to do. Right. That was something that was echoed through with a couple of the Marvel people who were like, Um, especially I think on infinity war by that time that they were like, you know, even if it was just down to like, he wasn't in the best of moods and they were like, we thought he was just, we were like, ah, here we go. This guy like got one good part and now he's becoming this guy and da da da. And it turns out this guy was just fighting for his life. And it's amazing. You know, you brought up black Panther and you brought up all the people that would have been there to to help him and i i talked about this with sarah when we were when we found out and i don't mean this in a superficial way but like look at that guy in black panther like look at he takes off his shirt look at that guy he's ripped and again i don't mean this in a superficial way but you think about that and you're like he was going through chemo he was going through treatments he was fighting cancer yeah and that guy is stacked and that is no easy feat. And then, and the reason I bring that up is think about the effort that that takes, the the fortitude that that takes, not just physically to get up and go to the gym and do that, but like to maintain that presence and have that persona. But inside you're just like, I feel like absolute shit. You know what I mean? I actually, I just watched an interview with him. Uh, it was between him and Vigo Mortensen. It was uh, actors on actors. Okay. And um, he talks about, and only because Vigo Mortensen brings it up, he talks about how on the set of Black Panther, he, depending on what kind of scene they were shooting, he had to do different workouts and eat different foods. That like, yes, if you're in the suit, then you don't eat a lot of protein and you don't do a lot of weights. But you do a lot of, uh, like, you you eat very little, you drink very little water, and you, like, do a lot of cardio. But if you're doing a scene where your shirt is off, then you have to bulk, you have up, to bulk up for for the week. Right. And it was week to week that, like, every week he had a different, he had to be a different person, person every week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, physically, which astonished me. And that was four months ago, right. that interview, that he was talking about that, and he seemed fine. That was another thing. I've I've been sort of debating to myself about whether or not not sharing it with say Marvel uh, or whoever was a good idea or wasn't selfish or 
like I've been I've been feeling like well which I don't know which way to right. f- that falls but right. I think I finally landed on his family came out and said as of a week ago he said he thought he was going to beat it yeah yeah and I was like I don't know that I would have yeah I probably would have done the same thing I do wonder because like I said that his publicist and his agents came out and said we did know because he told us and asked us not to tell anyone the, I wonder if and this is if it turns out was true, like no one should be upset with this person. But like if Bob Iger knew only because I know that when you do a movie, especially when you do action movies, you have to, you have to disclose all medical conditions because it's an insurance liability. So he would have had to put down, I have cancer because it, what happens is essentially if you have some sort of medical condition that you could be hurt on set or even if a pre-existing condition where you're like, I could just drop dead. Like I have a heart condition. I could just drop dead. You have no idea if I'm going to die in the middle of shooting the movie. They have to disclose that because they, they, they have to take it. The studio has to take out an insurance policy to cover if their lead actor should die. So I, I don't know if he, now he may have not disclosed it. He might've just, kind of lied that's what i was gonna say there's no way i mean there's patient doctor confidentiality confidentiality. yeah so on his documents he might have just not said it well and that's the other thing too is that he also might have filled out that form when he got cast in civil war and he didn't have cancer right 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 yeah i think they'd still do it every movie again obviously i don't know for sure i mean you are superstar chris treble so. Well, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, I, even so, like, that would still only limit it to, you know, the upper echelon of, of Marvel and Disney. Like, they, they would be the only ones. And they certainly would not be the ones to... First of all, they could get in big trouble just legally if that were to leak out. So, one, they wouldn't tell anyone. But, again, just the idea of, like, the in today's world... For someone's privacy to be so respected and such a big celebrity's privacy to be so respected is incredible. And that is something that we, everyone has talked about the legacy of Chadwick Boseman and his work and everything. And that is 100% the number one thing to talk about. But it is some a, a point of note to go, you know, in today's world, when everything is shared, whether you want it to be or not, these people, he was, he asked these people to protect one of his most intimate secrets and they did it and they respected it. And that's, that's something to be commended as well. I think. And something that you touched on in your Facebook posts on our page that really stuck out to me. And I think is absolutely true is that you're, you're not saddened when you remember all the work that he accomplished. You're saddened by all the work he'll never get to accomplish. Right. And I, I, yeah, I was thinking like, we will never see his like, Christoph Waltz, where like Christoph Waltz was an actor when he was young, but he flourished as in his like 40s or 50s. We'll never see his. um, I would be very interested to have seen what kind of a person Chadwick Boseman became, even just as a human being with age. Yeah, when he he was able to gain that wisdom. It it is. And, And especially again, when I looked at his career choices. And seeing, you know, he chose to portray a lot of really incredible real life figures because he wanted those stories to be told, especially even after getting Black Panther. Like he still went on and did Marshall, which nobody saw, but it was an important story to tell. 
after playing Jackie Robinson, he did another biopic. I'm sure a lot of people in his circle were going like, you just did one. Don't do another one. But he he did two in a row because he probably felt that those stories needed to be told. Um, And so the idea that we don't get to see what else he had to offer the idea that he wasn't afforded the chance to bring the wisdom of age to his roles. Cause you got the feeling that he was just on the precipice, you know, like this guy was just getting started. And so to be robbed of that, that's the biggest tragedy. It's not, you know, that we don't get another Black Panther movie. It's not that, um, I mean, obviously, yes, it is because it was so young, but it's the idea that like, this guy had a lot more in the tank. This guy was going to do some really great stuff that we don't get to see. That's the biggest tragedy. Well, and Marvel's going to be just fine. They're going to be fine. Black Panther 2 is going to come out and they're going to have to redo some of the script, but it's basically going to be the same, but they're going to have probably a different actor step in. Yeah. Not as T'Challa, but like... Someone else will be in that costume, another character. And Marvel will will make the same amount of money. They'll we'll be just all fine. spend plenty of time yeah. you know, speculating on what they're gonna do and who it's gonna be. And you know, uh, I'm sure people are starting just starting to get into it now, which uh, you know, my Sarah and I, we've already started like, eh, so what do you think they'll do? And we've kind of tossed around ideas, but like th- that'll happen, it'll come and you know, it'll be whatever, but yeah, it's definitely not, not going to be What the do you same. think they're going to do? Do you want my honest opinion on what I, I don't yes, know what but, they are going to do, but, but I think but, I have an idea on what but, they should do. First, let's start recording this. <laughs> have you not been recording this whole time? The video. I haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> do I? Do, <laughs> part of me, here's, here's the God's honest truth though. Part of me was like, what the fuck did he do? And the other part of me was like, yes, it wasn't me. Oh, <laughs> so That's really all I'm ever looking for. My last thought on uh, Chadwick Boseman, when he speaks in an interview, I remember the first time, I don't remember what interview it was or whatever, but whenever he talks, it reminds me of Kristen Ritter. I don't know if you've ever seen her talk in person, like as an actor. I've seen a little bit. She's just this like hyper bubbly ditzy kind of person and obviously the first thing i ever saw of her was jessica jones and i was like whoa this is a totally different human being and with chad chadwick boseman i had the same thing first of all i was amazed he was not african i know (laughs) but then (laughs) after i was like oh he's from south carolina and then like the way he communicates to another person verbally is so extensively down to earth yeah it's so like working class it's it was so wild to me because i have never seen i don't think i've ever seen him in anything that wasn't marvel related yeah so to me like i only knew him as a regal african king right sure and you expect <laughs> and so that... i expected him to yeah. at least like give this air about him when he when he talks that like like there are actors that you watch like i mean this is it's, it's still the same even though it's a, a white woman but like kate blanchett when she talks you're like oh this is a person with like presence right. that i need to listen to right and chadwick boseman is just a guy he's just and a then dude. when they turn on the cameras 
he is this like presence. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's incredible that, you know, I watched um, one of the things that people were passing around like, oh, check this out and check this out. I watched um, he was on The Tonight Show and it was right after Black Panther premiered and he did like a they brought like people who had just seen the movie into this room and they had like a poster for Black Panther up and they were like, talk to the poster and you can tell, you know, it'll be a little thing that we're going to play for Chadwick about what the movie meant. And he's right behind the poster. So they move the curtain and then they surprise the person. And the things that these people said, it wasn't like it very quickly was no longer a comedy bit on a late night show. Cause all these people came out with like, I, you know, what this movie means to me. And I have a, I, I have a son who now can see this, this superhero that looks like him and, and can, and he gets to, and you get to see him just watch these people. And then they cut, and then he comes out and he, you're right. Like he just, he's not this regal heir. He's just like, he gives him a hug and he's just like, Hey, let's talk. Let's chat a little bit. Um, there's one woman who I remember came and said, she's a filmmaker. She's a, she's in film school or something like that. And she's like, you know, I have so many movies that I want to make and uh, you're helping to inspire people to give people like me a chance. And, da, da, da. and he walks out and he was just like, so what movies do you want to make? And she's like freaking out. And he's like, no, but seriously, like, so what kind of movies do you want to make? And he just wants to have like a normal conversation with these people. And it's just so heartening to see that again, this guy who, portrayed this African king, this sense of regality, even in that down-to-earth way, still kind of has that nobleness because he still has that presence of just being of just being able to connect with a person one-on-one and bring them into a conversation. And just it he doesn't make them feel like they're in the presence of a star. He makes them feel like they're in the presence of a person that he is that he was just as affected by the movie Black Panther as they were. And uh, we were very blessed. This is probably my last thought, I guess. We were very blessed that he touched down for the short time he was here and totally reinstated in Hollywood the idea that a black superhero film can be successful. Absolutely. Because, I mean, 20 years ago, Blade came out Mm -hmm. and it was fine. But it probably suffered from having an R rating, so it didn't get as much... Attention. Yeah, well, and money. Right. It didn't get as, as many ticket sales. So every now and then, like we've discussed this, they do this with with female-led superhero movies as well, and comic book movies, Tank Girl, um, uh, I almost said Black Cat. Who's the DC one? Catwoman. There it is. And uh, Elektra was another one that, like, every now and then they dip their toe in the water And they say, no, these are the things that will make it successful. And they're all terrible ideas. And they do those same ideas every time. And then they're like, oh, it didn't work. I don't know why. Oh, well. And then 10 years comes along and they're like, we'll try it again. This time with the same things that we know are going to work. Like put her in a skimpy outfit. uh, Make her just like fall in love with some guy. And that's the story because that's what people want to see. And on and on and on. And uh, I feel like we were in the midst of a drought of the same thing happening with African-American Uh, superhero films and basically just movies in general and it was it's he completely changed that idea like that was no longer a thing i one of my favorite interviews with him 
He's with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show. And he was like, your accent in that movie is great because it's it's very reminiscent. It reminds me of Nelson Mandela, who's one of my heroes. And he's like, oh, yeah, I decided to go with that one because that's a very regal sounding voice. Nelson Mandela is a very regal person. Um, and also that dialect is one of the oldest. It leads back to like the earliest days of language. And he said um, it was interesting because when they came to him during Civil War, one half of the production team wanted him to do an African accent and one half wanted him to do an English accent because they were scared that audiences wouldn't be able to understand him or wouldn't get it or whatever. And then he said, uh, they said it was split evenly down the line. So they left it up to Chadwick Boseman. And he was the only one who thought ahead to the Black Panther movie that was coming out next. And he said, if I'm going to be in Africa with all these other actors speaking with African dialects, it makes no sense to have me come in and be like, chip, chip, cheerio. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. My liege. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the um, in Civil War, the conversation that he has with T'Chaka in the UN building. Yeah, was improvised. In, it was improvised, but it's in... Well, it was it was scripted, but they that is the actor who plays T'Chaka, that is his native language. Yeah. And so he taught Chadwick Boseman just that conversation in on the native set, language. On in set in that moment. In that moment. <laughs> it's wild. Um because they were I think they were originally going to have it in English. And then I don't know if it was the actor or if it was the Russo brothers or whoever said, like, this should be not in English because they're talking to each other. And so the guy was like, I got it. It was improvised. They they both, the two actors just agreed to do it. Uh, it was either Chadwick Boseman or the guy who played his dad. But one of the two of them was like, hey, do you want to just do this in in like that language? And he was like, yeah, yeah, totally. Let's do it. Teach it to me. Absolutely. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's fantastic. But again, it was that idea of thinking ahead and, you know, being a smart actor. That, which is a term that gets tossed around a lot and I think gets tossed around incorrectly a lot. But this guy was a smart actor. He thought about what he was doing and why he was doing it and how it was going to affect everything two steps ahead, whether it was in the scene, in the movie, or in the whole franchise. That sucks. That it does. It sucks a lot. That it does. All right. We're going to move on. Should we get to the news? Get to actual news? I'll never move on from this, no, Chris. probably not. But should we talk about other stuff anyway? Yeah. All right. Let's pretend we don't feel things. Yeah. Hey, listen, I've been doing it for over 30 years, and it's gotten me this far in life. Like I got a patent on that. All right. So, uh, let's see. I got... <laughs> I... I surprisingly don't have a lot this week but that's okay i have a ton what is happening like how is that possible so it took me so long that never I like 10 things happens i had to get rid of stuff wow this is incredible okay all right well i got a little bit i do have a little bit of everything though i got a little bit of marvel i got a little bit of dc yeah i got a little marvel i got a little dc what do you want to talk about choice is yours up to you go for it Star Wars. Too bad. I want to talk about Scott Pilgrim. I decided to do this first just now, just for you, just to perk you up a little bit. <laughs> so they just announced that Ubisoft is going to be releasing Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the complete edition of the video game. 
So I don't did you even know there was a Scott Pilgrim video game? I did. It's excellent. And here's the funny thing. Melinda sent me this as an article today and was like, hey, you can talk about this on the show. And I was like, mm, it's not really good enough. Listen, good enough, not good enough. I don't really worry about quality of article. I oh, I know. About... I was going to pay you a compliment there, but you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. No, you don't get it now. No, fuck you. <laughs> I was going to say something really nice. Man, you aren't fucking around today. I'm not. I'm not in the fucking mood, Andrew. Honk. Don't start that bit. That is just going to send me over the edge right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what was I talking about? I have no idea. I don't Scott know Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world had a video game come out August 2010, which was in time for the release of when the film came out, right? So now we have just gone over the 10th anniversary of the film coming out for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And Ubisoft announced that they were going to be re-releasing the game, but in its complete entirety. So that includes the game proper. That includes all the DLC that they had over, over time, everything else, all the extra characters, all the extra missions, all this stuff in one beautiful package. And they're going to remaster it as well. And it's going to be coming out on all these modern platforms. So you've you've played this game before? I didn't even know if you knew if this game existed. Yeah, it's great. I, I assume it's the one I play. It's the like 2D side scroller, right? I believe that is Yeah, true. I'm sure it is. I, that's the only one I think exists. But it's yeah, it's great. I don't own it. Like I've only played it a little bit here and there. But yeah, it's like one of those old... Remember those old arcade games that were in like skate rinks that like you had like Ninja Turtles or like Marvel... Or like, uh, what was the other big one? There was, there. I mean, Ninja Turtles is the one I always think of that had like the four X-Men. different X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had yeah. like the four different and you could pick which character oh, yeah. you wanted. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like in that style where like. It was the, it was all the video game consoles that when you went, you were like, when I grow up, I'm going to buy one of these for myself. And then real life hit and you were like, why the fuck? Would I want You're like, I gotta walk this up house. a flight of stairs. Or stairs. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, it's curious because you said it's remastered and I'm like, I don't really know how you could remaster this because it's a 2D. It's meant to look like an old Super Nintendo game. Right. I wonder if they're going to remaster it. They're going to remaster the graphics to just look more like a comic book page, like the like the art style of the comic. So it's a little more fluid, but maybe I doubt it. Usually a remaster just means like the pixels are a little more polished, you know, but I'm like, they're not supposed to be. Right. Right. Listen. Uh, man, what do you want from me? I don't make the fucking game. It's just another reason. They're like, oh, we're going to remaster it. $60, yep, please. Go, buy out, go out and buy a PS4 now. Wait, is that what we'll do? PS5? <laughs> about to be, yeah. It's about to be a PS5. PS5. Wait, is yeah. it going to come out on PS? It's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Come out on my PS4. Okay, I'll give it. I was not... <laughs> Not for that one at first. I went through a range of emotions with that joke. Yeah. I, well, it's coming out for PS4, so it'll be out for PS5 as well. Great. Does it say the price? Um, It is going to be $1,000. Wow. Mm. Interesting. No, it doesn't. If it's under, if it's $20 or less, I'll probably get it. Mm. What if it's $20 and one cent? Then yeah, yeah, I'll probably still get it. If it's like, what if it's twenty dollars and two cents? All right, if it's 
there's I'm gonna give it a fifty cent buffer. Twenty dollars and fifty cents, nada. Twenty dollars and forty nine cents, okay. Really? You're gonna you're gonna cap it off at forty nine cents? Yep. You couldn't even give it twenty fifty, but fifty one cents a no go. No, absolutely not. But then, because twenty dollars is how much I think that game is probably worth, and I'll give them a little bit of a buffer. Right, but if it's forty nine cents, then you got to break a quarter. If it's fifty cents, you probably got two quarters in your pocket. You I, can. I'm sorry. Did you assume that I was going to pay for cash with this, Chris? I was born in the eighties. That you could have fooled me with that idea of going to a skating rink and playing video games how dare you wait did you mean ice skating or did you mean roller skating roller skating yeah no my joke stands then (laughs) has nothing to do with my age and has everything to do with being raised in poverty chris hollywood is is racist (laughs) i don't know how those two things go together but they do somehow don't they (laughs) have you ever tried to return something to a store but the store doesn't believe you bought the product, so you have to ask, uh, like, for a third party to investigate to see if you actually bought the product. But then Walter Hamada doesn't think Jeff Johns would ever say mean things to you, so they can't let you return it without the receipts. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I, there was there's one time. Well, Ray Fisher has the, the fucking receipts, motherfuckers. <laughs> I. <laughs> You know what I like? <laughs> First of all, here's a little, here's a little peek at, at how the sausage is made with this podcast. Is when I'm going throughout the week, when I see certain news stories, there are certain ones that I will not choose because I look at them and I go, that's an Andrew story. Yeah. He's going to pick that one. And I knew I saw multiple stories about this across yeah. multiple websites and yep. I didn't choose one. And I was like, Andrew's got this Ray Fisher shit covered tight (laughs) all right so this is a long one but i'm gonna try to zoom through it so to speak on our last news episode we talked about uh how ray fisher was excited that warner brothers was going to be launching a third-party investigation into this and he said he's looking forward to everything working out but then he said he felt like uh he was feeling a little fishy about it he said it publicly he said like hey i don't know about this and uh they said ray fisher has refused to meet with an investigator And Ray Fisher fired back by producing a screenshot of an email that he sent to Warner Brothers saying, hey, I met with the investigator. However, I just found out that uh, he works for Warner Brothers, which is not a third party. So I will not be speaking with him. This is such an insane thing. Like he released an Instagram video and he said things like, It was a 15 minute long video. I watched the whole thing. It's so interesting. It's just him walking around, I think probably Brooklyn. It's hard for me to tell. I kept trying to look at the street names, but I couldn't see them. But you can see the buildings, you know, and every borough has its own gentrification. And Fisher said in an Instagram video, they do not know how many receipts I have for interactions that I've had. They do not know the people that I've been talking to. Fisher alleges that Walter Hamada, a head producer for WB, said about Jeff Johns, quote, Ray, I worked with Jeff on Shazam. I don't really think he would do that or say that. And I go, Walter, you weren't there. I'm telling you, you weren't. Uh, You were not there when the man used back channel communication to call me into his office 
and made a veiled threat to my career. You weren't there when Jeff Johns contacted me in 2018, a year and a half after Justice League, while I was shooting True Detective, to gloat that there was another cyborg being used in the DC universe in a show that he was producing. And Fisher also alleges that WB uh, is trying to throw Joss Whedon and John Berg uh, under the bus to placate Fisher, but since Jeff Johns is still working with WB, has upcoming DC films approaching release, they want to keep him. And here's the thing, if facts mattered, WB would be in some pretty hot water right now. <laughs> I, this is, the this thing, the fact that this keeps going on, and I'm not saying that it should be dropped or anything like that, but the fact that this keeps going on is fascinating to me. This is like the fucking Watergate scandal at this point. And this is for a movie that was shot in like 2016, something like that. Cause it came out what? 2018. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, no. So uh, it was, bef- well, maybe, I have no idea. Yeah, there you- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew Dunn, professional podcaster. Cause he says they contacted him in 2018, a year and a half after justice. League. Right. Right. But I don't know when it came out. Right. <laughs> whatever and there's if only there was a way to look but there's not yeah probably not definitely not well and ray fisher i think has like a he has more of a theater background i think he does that so he does that's what's interesting to me is from. i think that's one of the reasons why he's so like headstrong about this is because he's like no no the theater has had to deal with this shit for like 50 years of like trying right. to like get climb their way back up like there's been all sorts of harassment stuff and it's still not perfect yet but like right. there have been vast improvements made over the past like 40 or 50 years and they're still being made today but theater's a lot better about this shit and about human resources yeah. than the film industry is and i think he was dropped into that and he was like oh, oh, oh no 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 yeah i'm not gonna work in this shit <laughs> and everyone needs to know exactly what happened yeah so that's what i think i think look man it might be because i'm always in favor of uh the underdog, like the dark horse that wasn't racist, but I, I really think that like, <laughs> well, thank God you the, said it, because then <laughs> some of my best friends are black, but the, uh, the uh, that was a joke. Please don't take this seriously. He said to the other white guy he does a podcast with. <laughs> yeah, so my one of my friends, Chris Treble, he's black. Warner Brothers, I feel like has like they a lot of stuff has been coming out. On both, on like from everywhere from film, like we're really doing like I think me too, the Me Too movement really like started a catapult of some kind, right? Because like now it's not only Me Too, it's not only like sexual harassment, but like it's abuse and shit too, like the shit with Jeff Loeb on Daredevil with Asian American actors, right? And shit like that is like it's all right. it's all the the cream is rising to the top. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they realize that that they can. They can point out the injustices that are going on and it doesn't, Yeah, it won't kill them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it won't kill their career. And I think, especially in the, in the regards to Ray Fisher, because he has a theater background. Right. He has somewhere else he can go. Well, that's what I mean. You can threaten the guy's film career, but like, he's a theater actor. And Here's the other thing too. I mean, he's not like a B-list actor. Like, Right. He will be just fine. Yeah, he'll be like, fine. Like, Warner Brothers doesn't want to work with him? Oh, Warner Brothers, they're the biggest film company in the world, right? Oh, no, they're not. Disney is? Right. Who gives a shit? Well, the other thing is, he's one of these guys, he doesn't strike me as, I mean, obviously, he's ambitious to become, to be a successful actor and to be as big as he can be. But he also doesn't strike me as the type type of guy who's like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, my head down, and I'm going to be an A-list star. He's like... 
He's like, I make a fucking living. Like, this is what I want to do. And if you don't want to hire me anymore, I'll go back to Broadway and do that forever. And I'll still be able to pay my bills. So it doesn't, you know what I mean? It's so weird too, man, because John Berg released a statement saying that the reason that Ray Fisher is making up all these lies, allegedly, is because they asked him to use Cyborg's catchphrase from the cartoon, which is booyah. Right. And he didn't want to. Yeah. And I'm like... He doesn't care. He doesn't seem like the type, yeah. Like, even if he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to say that. Like, it's if it came between saying booyah on set and this headache of all this right. bullshit he has to deal with, he'd be like, oh, fuck it. I'll just right. That's sort of what I mean, right? Is that like, because he didn't want to say booyah, he's dragging Warner Brothers into the ground. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is like 90s tactics from when this is like, um. Oh, who's that pederast? Oh, I guess he's not a pederast, but that uh, that fucking perv who's in jail from uh, his film company. Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, it's just like okay. Harvey Weinstein 90s shit where he's like, no, she's just a liar. She's just looking for attention. Like, oh, Ray Fisher? He's just looking for attention. He's just looking he's to be famous. And it's like, obviously, we've moved past this. <laughs> this right. has not worked for like 10 years at least. Well, the other thing is if they're like, oh, he's just looking to be famous. I'm like, motherfucker... Like, the movie came and went like <laughs> yeah. it's not when he's about to get even more famous when like he's in the Snyder cut like for right. 80 minutes or whatever instead of the 10 he was in in the original release when he basically out of a four hour movie if you took all of his scenes he has like his own movie or something yeah it, it doesn't hold water with me that he's just doing this to make attention like he doesn't he's also and I don't say this to bring down anyone else who's come forward about anything but he's not there yet like he's not at that point that i would even believe that maybe he was doing this to try and gain the spotlight again do you know what i mean like he's a young guy he's got a lot ahead right, of him. right he doesn't need the spotlight no. he's in the spotlight that's what i mean he it's not like he was like the biggest star in the world and now we're 20 years later and he's his career's dried up and he's like i gotta get the eyes on me now like he's fine i also want him to be like oh what am i worried they're gonna do take all my scenes out of justice league <laughs> you know yeah yeah <laughs> go ahead cut him out of justice league yeah yeah cut the three scenes i'm in right he's probably like actually i saw justice league could you cut the three scenes i'm in because yeah. <laughs> i'd really rather yeah. not yeah. All right. Well, you know, Andrew, when we're trying to live in this this new normal phrase I know you love. I don't. I hate that. I hate that. For anyone listening, I hate that phrase. I hate it. Nope. It's his favorite phrase. He has it on a t-shirt. I've seen it. I wipe my ass with that t-shirt. And we're trying to... You wipe your ass with every t-shirt, though, Andrew. Come on. Chris, that reminds me. Can I borrow your t-shirt? Yes. Ah, not again. <laughs> You know, as we're trying to make our way through this new world that we're living in and slowly things are getting back up and that didn't mean to sound dirty, but movies are starting to come back and start to shoot again. And we're going, yay, we're going to be able to see all of our favorite movies that we were looking forward to. We might have to wait just a little bit longer because the Batman production has actually had to pause because of one of their crew members obtaining COVID-19. And that crew member 
is Robert Pattinson. That's right. I had this one as well. Yeah. This was going to be my headline for anyone who was curious. Chris, Hollywood is racist. The new Batman <laughs> has COVID-19 has COVID something something racist bat joke. Uh, um. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's i really hope that's a gag you keep doing but uh yeah so robert pads so they started shooting the batman again and shortly thereafter it came out that they had to stop because of unsafe working conditions because the lead actor got COVID 19 no they so warner brothers mm -hmm. would not comment Mm -hmm. on what had happened but it was just that it came out that they had to halt production temporarily um, because of something. And they the statement they released was, a member of the Batman production has tested positive for COVID-19 and is isolating in accordance with established protocols. Filming is temporarily paused. So, though Warner Brothers would not comment on any individual he- uh, worker's health, Vanity Fair confirmed through a highly placed source that Pattinson was the individual who became sick. Would you say that that highly placed source is definitely Robert Pattinson? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. Like, he definitely called into Vanity Fair and was like, yo, I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they probably sent over a spy and they were like, they were like, you know what we'll do is if he's got COVID, he's not going to be able to like answer the door and take any deliveries directly. So what we'll do is to find out, we're going to send over a delivery man with a, a, a bowl full of pasta. <laughs> and he was like, no, thanks. I got my own. And he's like, I can't. He's like, you know what, mate? I'm good. I got some in the microwave right now. And he looks over his shoulder and he goes, shit. But you know what? Actually, can you deliver me a new microwave? <laughs> can I just say, I was just telling Melinda about this. I cannot thank COVID-19 enough for making it reasonable to ask delivery people to leave my food on the front porch, because when they get here early, like I had one that was supposed to be delivered at 145 and at 110 they called and they were like, hey, I'm here with your delivery. And I was naked. (laughs) I was like, uh, can you just leave it on the front porch? And he was like, oh yeah, I got you, man. And then he left on the front porch while I put on pants and a shirt and walked outside and it was there. Okay. It was great. Um, all right. Number one, I'm confused because he left it on the front porch and then he left. And so you still put on pants and a shirt to get your food. Why not just go down naked? He got in his car. He wanted to make sure that I picked up my food. Why not just go out naked? He had binoculars also. (laughs) It was weird. (laughs) It just felt patronizing. Um, I mean, listen, I like, I, even before the pandemic, that's how I request my food delivery to be done is for them to leave it on the porch and then walk away because then I feel special. Like I open up the door and I'm like, the food fairy left me something. That's why I'm missing all these teeth. It's like a magical gift. Like, oh, the Burger King unicorn pooped on my step. In my head, a Burger King unicorn poops Burger King. Not eats Burger King and then poops because they had Burger King. It does look mostly the same when it comes back out. True facts. Yeah, so nobody knows if he's asymptomatic or has symptoms. Okay, actually, before I talk about that shit, because who gives a shit? So do you think that he's at a higher risk now because he's, you know, because they say that being overweight 
is a higher risk. And he's been uh, clearly ingesting a lot of carbs. You think maybe he's just gotten a little, little, you know, you know what I mean? When I do this, when I make this motion, what I do. Corpulent? Do you mean corpulent? Yeah. Has he gotten fat? I think it has oh. microwaving spaghetti gotten him fat. How many different ways can I interject that it came out that he microwaved spaghetti is really all I try for whenever I bring up Robert Pattinson anymore. Are we sure it was spaghetti? Who cares? I thought it was just pasta. What's the difference? The shape. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, when you're microwaving it, does it something different happen if it's spaghetti or if it's, you know, pasta? It is kind of incredible. Is uh, like... Do we believe that that's real? Yes. That this millionaire yes, we do. makes his own pasta yes, in a microwave? We yes, we do. Yes. I Listen, not only do I believe it, I need to believe this. Okay? I need to, for this to be true. To justify so many things in my loser life, I need this fact to be true. That the guy from Twilight, the millionaire actor from Twilight, microwaves pasta. Please give me this. It's all I have left in this world. Right. It's not the fact that you deserve. It's the fact that you need. Yes. I need this to be true. Okay. I'm hanging on by one thin piece of angel hair right here. Okay. And I, if this isn't true, I just become untethered from, from the world. Okay. But to know that Robert Pattinson microwaves pasta, it brings me hope. Okay. So please don't ruin this for me. You are allowed to decide whether he does it sauce on or sauce off. That's fine. I mean, butter, right? Buttered noodles. Yeah, yeah butter, motherfucker. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I was hoping you were going to say that because that's what I was going to say. But I didn't want to say it in case you didn't say it. But I was totally thinking butter. I'm so glad you were thinking butter, too. Uh, uh, this is why we're friends. <laughs> Powder Parmesan cheese, though, right? Powder cheese? He's got to go powder cheese. You think? Nah, he's a millionaire. He probably goes with the good cheese. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Chris, Hollywood is racist. <laughs> John Boyega was in an interview with GQ <laughs> where he accused Disney of being responsible for some very problematic and irresponsible decisions regarding the characters played by actors of color in the most recent Star Wars movies. Disney responded by saying, well, yeah, but are you really going to listen to a black guy? <laughs> true. Oh, my God. Oh, man. You know what's weird? You've turned into me uh, this episode. <laughs> the article from GQ is incredible. Uh, it's an interview. I've heard about this. I it's haven't gotten a chance to read it, wild. but I've heard it's, it's really good. It's super long. It's really hard. It's not hard to get through, but it's hard to find a block of time unless, you know, you, there's a pandemic. Part of it is beautiful. Like, the last two paragraphs, I think, are, like, really beautiful soft moments that are uh, moments of vulnerability from John Boyega that are really special. Everyone should give it a read. It's wild. It's also not a lot of new information, which John Boyega mentions. What he says is, what I, this is one part of it. It's super, super long, but this is one section that stood out to me. Quote, what I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character, market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are, and then have them pushed to the side. It's not good. Like, you guys knew what to do with Daisy Ridley, you knew what to do with Adam Driver, you knew what to do with these other people, but when it came to Kelly Marie Tran, when it came to John Boyega, you know, fuck all. So, 
What do you want me to say? What they want you to say is, I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. Nah, nah, nah. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows I'm not exposing anything. And then Disney has, as of recording this episode, has not released any kind of response to this. But everyone should check out the article. It's it's really something. Yeah, I, I actually just looked it up so I could read it for later. But... I mean, listen, like you said, he's not, and like he said, he's not revealing anything new. I mean, we all knew that that Finn was underused. He was underused in, in Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi, I mean, he had his own, he was used a lot in Last Jedi. But, but he was on the, there were two different tracks and he right. was on the bad one. He was on the bad one. That's <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. He was on the less interesting one. I think he's the first person to use Luke's lightsaber in the new movies. Yes. Like, yes, he turns it on and then yeah, he gets but knocked he, out. I mean, that's a great scene, though. But that's a great scene. Yeah. And they really, I mean, they pushed in Force Awakens. They pushed that character hard. Yeah. Um, they pushed that character that it was going to be him and Daisy Ridley. Yeah. You know, that they were going to be like an equal partnership. And then and that they were going to have, I don't want to say equal screen time, but that their characters were going to be just as important to the franchise equally as important to the franchise and then i think they just didn't know what to do with him the article that i found this on actually gave their two cents and said you know i'm not really sure what john boyega is complaining about when you look at his screen time in the new movies he actually has a lot of screen time uh and it was like the character who has the next amount of screen time more than him with by like a couple minutes is princess leia he has more than c-3po he has more than I don't know, some other big name characters in the franchise. and But he's not complaining about the screen time. He's not saying, hey, they didn't put me on screen enough. They didn't They didn't leave my scenes on the cutting room floor. Right. What he's saying is that they didn't know what to do with them, which is obvious. Like the stuff he does in The Last Jedi right. has no right. consequence or productivity. Nothing changes. He goes on an entire adventure in the second yeah. movie that does fuck all. It does nothing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, he's not saying... He's not even saying, like, they cut me down because I'm black. He's just like, they just didn't know what to do. Like, I was just standing around and I didn't, they didn't know what to do with me, which is 100% true. And by the third movie, he's just screaming the name Ray for two hours. Right. And the problem is they, they overloaded themselves. And we, we talked about this when we talked about Rise of, Rise of Skywalker, is that they had so much to try and to wrap up. And they had so much to, to kind of do that something's got to get something has got to fall by the wayside and his character was it which is sad because his character was great like force awakens i was like this guy is fantastic when oscar isaac as well he actually he talks about oscar isaac as well that he was another dude he was like my dude's guatemalan and they just fucking didn't do anything with him right and like i don't even remember what he did in rise of skywalker I have no memory of him. They went to the color festival. That's all I remember. Yeah, he was. That's he was with all them, I remember. Right, like yes. he was with them through stuff they did. I remember all I remember thinking is like Oscar Isaac uh, looks like Indiana Jones. That's oh, all. He I, would be a great Indiana Jones. He would be, but I and I said this in the episode. I was like, in this in this movie, he's auditioning hard to be Indiana Jones, or they're trying to push him to be Indiana Jones. But that's. You know, they they really, those two characters especially, they just didn't know what to do. It was clear that the franchise... And Kelly Marie Tran also, right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, that's a whole other conversation of how they had a character and then they were just like... 
Give her four lines and she's going to volunteer to stay. This person who volunteered before to go is now going to volunteer to stay and do nothing, which doesn't even make sense. But they they overloaded themselves. And that's the problem is they overloaded themselves with these characters and then had to make storylines to service them, which never works. You know, make a story, you know, keep it to Ray, Finn and Poe. That's it. Just Ray, Finn and Poe. Everybody else can be ancillary and can help service them. But Ray, Finn and Poe, there's your trifecta. And you have one villain on the opposite side. That's it. You have one force of good, one force of evil, conflict. But they try to give everyone their own little special thing. And somebody has to fall by the wayside. And unfortunately, it was him, which sucks because I really like him. And I really liked his character. His character was fun to watch. Finn's a great character. He's probably the most interesting character in the whole thing. Yeah, Yes, because he's in a short time, you realize how complex he is. Because and not, not only from the fact that he was a bad guy and found something in himself to turn sides and become a good guy, but also because he is has this vested interest in like finding out he's he's genuinely interested in in what's going on around him he has a forward momentum of trying to figure out what the world is around him and uh, how to be a part of it there's a whole complexity to that character that they really kind of like left on the cutting room floor because they just didn't because they had to get back to ray and kylo ren and ben i was trying to think of like the other name did you know that there was a a children's book released between episode eight and episode nine uh, between the last jedi and the rise of skywalker that was all about how ray is special because of who she is and not because of the people she's related to because she's not related to anyone who's special but that doesn't mean she's not special she can be her own special person and then it was like jk (laughs) hey all you young impressionable girls that read this book (laughs) fuck you just kidding you have to be the granddaughter of ted cruz evidently (laughs) i think you're saying that the emperor is ted cruz but i can't tell if you're just Deciding to insert some political joke in here in a ham-fisted way. Little from column A, little from column B. You know what? That's totally fine. All right. Nothing like poo-poo platter humor here on the media lunch break. Uh, You know what? That's a slogan now. I'm going to make that a slogan. Did you see the Dune trailer? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Dune trailer real quick. Let's do that. Andrew. Yeah. Hollywood is racist. No, (laughs) Hollywood is racist, and the Dune trailer came out. That's it. That's all I got. Sandworms. Yeah, yeah. So the the new the remake of Dune or the reimagining, the rebooting, the repurposing, the repackaging of Dune released the first trailer starring Timothy Chalamet, who I'm still not sure if I like or not. Haven't decided. Um, And a buttload of other stars in here too, which I didn't even realize. Uh, directed by Denny Veneuve. I'm going to say that name again because I like it. Denny Veneuve. That's a good name. Right? Uh, what did you think of this? Timothy Chalamet is an odd choice to play. Uh, like, I've I've played the video games, the Doom games, and I don't understand um, what... Because the character in Doom 
is like a really buff guy who goes to hell. This is Doom, right? D-O-O-M? Yep. Okay, great. Thanks for just letting me continue that joke that's clearly not going anywhere. Yeah, I want to see where this line goes. I want to see if you can have your conversation and I can have my conversation and they'll just match. I It looks, it looks good. I think it looks fine. I, I don't know shit about Dune. I saw... That old, one of the old movies, it was on sci-fi a long time ago. I remember it being very, very long. Sci-fi did their own version of Dune, though. That's probably what I They did, like, their own miniseries. Okay. I I mean, I don't know, because it was so long ago. I was just a kid. Did it have, did it have... um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know. No, I was going to say, did I was going to say one of the stars in it. Did it have Timothy Chalamet? I don't remember who was in it. I was, like, eight years old. Yeah, I think it was probably the sci-fi remake. I don't know when I, when that came out. The original came out in like the 80s. And that was Kyle MacLachlan and Sting. And I think Patrick Stewart's in there somewhere. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the sci-fi one came out in the year 2000. So it wasn't that one. Because I would have been 13. Yeah. Wait, you were 13 in the year 2000? I forget you're younger than I am. Much. By like a good portion of our lives. Yes, I have a friend who every now and then just to make him feel sad we'll talk about star wars he's like i think he's like he's got to be dead 38 oh <laughs> it's gonna be 38 i think now maybe maybe older but uh every now and then i'll be like like we'll talk about the phantom menace and i'll be like i don't really remember seeing it in theaters i was too young and he's like what were you like 13 14 and i'm like try again i mean <laughs> oh no i did go to see i didn't see phantom menace but i did see the other two in theaters what year did the phantom menace come out to no 19 wait can i guess can i guess yes it came out 1996 five seven it's one of those three nine was it 99 yeah was it really yeah it was so i guess i was i was 12 i guess yeah so you could have gone to the movies that seems so late no i did go see it i just didn't i didn't i remember i really liked it yeah you were young and impressionable. I'm just saying I don't really remember it. Well, clearly, because you liked it. Because I was 12. You know, this movie almost made Ahmed Best kill himself. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Dune trailer. looks. Uh, it looks amazing. Listen, this is the same guy who did Blade Runner 2047, 2046, what, 1999, Which whatever. I still have not seen. I just saw it couple months ago it's uh it's really good if you do, have you ever seen blade runner yes let's just go over the 80s movies that andrew dunn has or has not seen i have i did not like it but i don't know what version i saw that is the experience of watching blade runner yeah <laughs> is that most people watch it they don't like it and they couldn't tell you what version they saw right well that's the thing is that like friends of mine and whichever version you saw the person who's talking about it with you will tell you the version you didn't see is the better one. Yeah. I, and they're probably right because like, I, that's the thing too, right? Is I'm like, I, I went forever being like, no, I just don't like that movie. It's dumb. I don't understand it. It's stupid. It's, I get it. I appreciate it. I don't. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, this is an interesting universe. It's pretty, but so is the Ghost in the Shell live-action movie starring a Japanese Scarlett Johansson. Right. I No, I know what you're saying. It's pretty. It's pretty. I, it's, at the time, it was revolutionary, so I appreciate that. There is, I guess, there's an originality to it that I'm like, okay, good on you for making something original. But 
Yeah, it's not. Is it the greatest thing in the world? No, we're not even talking about the right fucking movie at this point. What the hell are we talking about? It's basically the same movie. Yeah, Dune looks good. I'm interested because I have never seen the 80s one. I'm more interested to see this one because I like him as a director. I think he's really it's worth going to see his movies in the theater just to see. Who's the director? Denis Villeneuve. What else has he done? Uh, He did the Blade Runner. He did. I think he did Arrival. Oh, yeah. And he did a movie called Prisoners, which is a little more. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that not, shit. I, uh, uh, I, Prisoners is really I think good. it looks fine. I think it looks okay. I didn't see, I'm a little worried that I know most of the movie from this trailer. It's a, I mean, I don't, rem, I don't know the book. And, but do you? Right. That's the thing, right? It's like, how long is, but that's the thing is how long is this movie going to be? Like, are we going to see this kid rise from child to king in 20 minutes? You know, because that's basically what we see in the trailer is this kid trained to become something great. And I'm like, that feels like the first two acts of this film, probably, at least. Oh, Sicario. He directed Sicario. That's a really good movie. I haven't seen it. You've never seen Arrival? No. Amy Adams? No, no, I know it. I I know all these things. I know all these movies. I've just never seen them. Because I have a life, Chris. I mean... I have a child now. (laughs) I know. We're all painfully aware. Andrew. (laughs) Not as painfully aware as my fiance, but continue. No, you continue. I'm done with this. Oh, I already finished. Well, it's typical if that I you had would finish nickel. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to it first. That's what she said. Damn it. <laughs> I, that's all I had to say was that like, it feels like the first two acts of the no, film. No, I meant, what's your, what's your new, what's, go into a different thing. I'm done talking about this. That's how I'm going to finish every segment now. I'm done talking about this. I just think the CGI, it looks pretty good. But like, I, I'm also like a little sick of some of these actors of like, Jason Momoa is great, but I'm like, another, okay, another thing with him. And I'm like, I love, uh, who plays Drax? Dave Batista. Dave Batista. I'm like, yeah, he's great. But like, yeah, right. Another one, like after Stuber and bodyguarding a child or whatever that movie was. Sure. I'm like, all right, man. Is it I Spy? It might be. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like, I and I, I've never seen Timothy Charlemagne in anything. Shh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I no. like that you almost corrected me. I did. And then I realized like, no, you did that on purpose. It was 50-50 on whether or not you did that on purpose. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything. Uh, have I you know. ever seen um, Lady Bird? No, I wanted to. I never got around to it. I'm not sure. Have you s- seen uh, movies? I've seen the ones where Hollywood is racist. <laughs> Uh, you have any news on any of those coming up? Oh yeah, so Chris Hollywood is uh, has noted that Riverdale actress Marisol <laughs> Nicholas has been <laughs> alright, but this is a real this is going to freak you out. I don't know if you know about this okay. this blew my mind Riverdale actress Marisol Nichols has been working a secret job as an undercover sex trafficking agent in an article for MarieClaire.com She said, while she was working on roles for CSI and uh, Law & Order SVU, she did a lot of research and got in touch with varying members of the FBI for research, who eventually asked her to come on board as a volunteer to pretend to be children and parents looking to pimp out their children. And here's the craziest part. So she's been doing this for years now. She's been using her acting ability to, like, pretend to be children to, like, get sex traffickers it caught here's the craziest part all that is kind of crazy this is more crazy 
Sony Pictures Television has optioned the rights to her story, and Nichols is set to executive produce and star in the series. It's a series? They're making a TV show. Okay, that's incredible. (laughs) Here's another thing that's incredible. She's been doing this for years, and not once did she hit somebody who went, are you the girl from... (laughs) I had that thought too. Here's the third thing that's incredible, is that she's been doing this amazing, incredible, commendable work for years and years on top of being a successful actor, and she chooses to come out to the world about doing this work in a magazine that will be bought by soccer moms in a supermarket. <laughs> I know. You could have well, gone yeah, probably, anywhere with that. You could have gone she, New York well, she Times. Probably, that's the thing, though. She probably couldn't because, like, you don't want to tell them the story because then they're just going to release it. So she was probably like, I have big news. And they were like, yeah, 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 Riverdale, whatever. Right. But, like, if she's coming out in Marie Claire, I guess she's, she can't still be doing this anyway. Yeah, probably not. So I'm like, you would, you could, what? Why the- I have a fourth thing for you. Oh boy. It's amazing to me that not once in her years of doing this, did she find someone, like, did she go to apprehend someone and not go, aren't you a producer? <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Weinstein? I- <laughs> Joss Whedon? Listen, before they put the cuffs on you, I'm just, my agent hasn't heard from you guys. Do you know if it's been... Is the part still available? Oh, it's not? All right, get him. Wrap him up. Book him. (laughs) Do you have any other quick things? Yeah, yeah, I got one for you. Um, Great. I don't know how quick this is, but I saw this and I thought this is right down your alley. Okay. I found this fascinating. Okay. So, Andrew. Oh, my God. Wait, and I just realized (laughs) this fits. This actually works. Here we go. Andrew. Yeah. Hollywood is racist. What? But hopefully in just a few short years, they'll be a little less racist because the Academy Awards just announced that they have a new set of inclusion requirements that will take effect in 2024 in order to be nominated for Best Picture. 2024? What the fuck yeah. is that shit? Um, is that for when Donald Trump is no longer in office? Do they know some shit we don't? Yeah, that's for when Donald Trump is no longer in office. I think it's because everything has already been bumped because of the pandemic. So, like, all, all the movies have, all these things have been slated. I'm sorry. So, let me just get to what the Wait, actual no, thing is. Are you saying that you think, and I, uh, whether or not this is true, that in 20, like, 22... Or what, 2023, we're going to be doing last year's movies? No, I'm saying that they're going to be shooting movies that we're supposed to be shooting right now. Oh, I see that the movies have been shot already. Right. There are certain movies that have been shot or like we're supposed to be shot that are being shot right now. Still don't like it. It's getting bumped. Okay, just listen listen to the fucking. I haven't even started. Hold on. All right. Honk. Oh, don't. Don't even. Okay. So here's the thing. So the Academy Awards came out and said that starting in 2024, so the award ceremony would be in 2025 for the year of 2024 on, they have a requirement. They have certain requirements that will have to be met in order for your movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Okay. It's a, it is a four tiered requirement. 
there are, excuse me, four standards. And then within those standards, there are like three branches that you have to hit. Okay. I'm going to try and do this as quickly as I can. But for instance, standard A. Got to be brown. Kind of. Standard A has to do with on-screen representation themes and narratives. Okay. So you have to meet one of the following criteria in standard A, which is either lead or significant supporting actors have to be of not white, essentially. Um, I believe that term is BIPOC. What? It's uh, black. Don't, just don't. No, it is. It's black, indigenous, or other persons of color. Okay. Um, So they have to be BIPOC. Uh, At least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. Okay. Or option two for, for standard A general ensemble cast at least 30 percent of all actors in secondary oh. or my or more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented groups women racial or ethnic groups lgbtq community um, or people with cognitive or physical disabilities or option three main storyline or subject matter the main storyline theme or narrative of the film is centered on an underrepresented group, women, racial or ethnic group, LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's just one part of four. Okay. You have to hit one of those three within that. That's one. Then two is creative and leadership project team. And in that there's four, uh, three different tiers, which is creative leadership and department heads, other key roles, overall crew composition, kind of the same thing. You know, women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTD. It has to meet that. That's two it has to meet. Then it's standard C, industry access and opportunities, which in that is either paid apprentice or internship with someone from those groups or training opportunities and skill development with someone from those groups. And then the fourth tier is audience development. And that there's two, there's two more branches, either one of two representation in marketing, publicity, or distribution. No, actually, that's the only one for that one. You have to do that as well. Uh, the studio film company has multiple in-house senior executives from among the following underrepresented groups on their marketing, publicity, and or distribution teams. So you have to hit one of the things in all four categories in order to be considered to be nominated for best picture. Is that just for best picture then? Or is that? Uh, I believe it's just for, I think it's just to be considered for best picture. I got to tell you, I think Black Panther, I was going to say might have won best picture, but. uh, They might just have to re-nominate Black Panther. Actually, it might have won. Because, well, Green Book might have. I was going to say Green Book could have still won. Black Klansman could have still won. Yeah. Green Book did win. Yes, it did. <laughs> no, it did. I'm saying it could have still won. But uh, recognizing film... Hold on. Oh, wait. Here. In the meantime, an Academy Inclusion Standards form will have to be submitted to the Academy for a film to be considered for the 94th Oscars, recognizing films from 2021, released after uh, February 28th, and 95th Oscars, recognizing films from 2021. No action will be required for films wishing to compete for the 93rd Oscars, which are to be held April 25th. But there you go. Hollywood is racist. They are, but at least they're doing what they can. Yes. I think this is actually a big step in the right direction. I think this I do is too. Re- the fact that it's so inclusive, not just like on screen, 
not just like, hey, save face, put minorities in here, put women in here, but, but like also you have to hit certain standards behind the camera as well. I just feel like, thanks, Obama. <sighs> You're telling me. As of right now, only 62% of theaters are open. Okay. And auditorium capacity restrictions allow for only 25 to 50% occupancy. So let's take a look at some of the movies that have come out during the pandemic and how much they've made. Tenet has made $53 million. Uh, it won't open in the U.S. until September 3rd, but that's how much it's made so far internationally. So I'm sure it's it's on its way to making a fuck ton of money. I've written here The New Mutant, which would be a very different movie. Uh, the New Mutants made $10 million over the past weekend, which quite honestly is more than I expected. It may have benefited from the pandemic. That's about at least $9 million more than I thought that movie would ever make. Right. Because like, I wonder if, well, we don't have anything else to watch. So like, people are like, I guess we'll go watch this movie. It's an X-Men movie. Yeah. Uh, and here we go. Bill and Ted face the music has unfortunately had to face the music. Because uh, guess how much money Bill and Ted made? Um, I think Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters each paid 20 bucks. So they lost $40. Close. <laughs> uh, but the movie raked in $1 million. Yep, that sounds about right. In the 1,007 theaters it opened up in. Uh, it, they did have a bigger push on video on demand, but uh, and it landed in number one on iTunes, but we don't know how much they made on that yet. Right. I was going to say that is going to uh, cause that number to be down because some because people went, oh, but I can also just watch this. But I can just home. watch it naked, which is how I right. prefer to watch Keanu Reeves. It's how I prefer to get all my delivery food from Keanu Reeves. Do you have anything else? I do not. So do you? The Godfather, the third Wait, Godfather movie is making a Snyder cut. What were you going to say? I was just wondering, how is Hollywood racist? Because Francis Ford Coppola is making a Godfather 3, and I don't want it. Have you seen the first Godfather 3? I haven't seen the first Godfather. Are you going to see this Godfather 3? Maybe? I actually have seen the first Godfather. What? I haven't seen the first Godfather 2. That, that's fine. Well, I've heard that one's, I've heard it's better. It is better, because it's got, it's got... Lee Strasberg. Well, it doesn't have everybody... Brando's, uh, is that the one with Lee Strasberg? Yes, it is. It is. this. It's the second one. Mm -hmm. It's not the third one. Correct. Uh, the third one's got Eli Wallach. Great. Yeah. Godfather director Francis Ford Coppola had this to say, Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Corleone. Uh, no, I'm going to say it the way I want to. Okay. Is an acknowledgement of Mario's and my preferred title and our original intentions for what became The Godfather Part 3. For this version of the finale, sorry, we don't pronounce these, for the final, I created a new beginning and ending and rearranged some scenes, shots, and music cues with these changes and the restored footage and sound. To me, it is a more appropriate conclusion to The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2, and I'm thankful to Jim... Giannopoulos, Giannopoulos, and Paramount for allowing me to revisit it. Coppola then added, I'm still alive? <laughs> I mean, I don't... This, uh, yeah, of course he's still alive because he said the Marvel movies were shit. Nope, that was Scorsese. They both did. Oh no, they both did. They both did. They both did. They both did. Over a bowl of pasta vajula uh, that they <laughs> each microwaved with Robert Pattinson. And he was like, 
shit on Marvel, take the cannoli. I mean, sure. Okay. I guess like this is it. I, were we clamoring for this? Is this something that we needed to, I, I could not. Were we clamoring for the Snyder cut? No, but I could not tell you one thing about the Godfather three that I would be like, Oh, you got to change this and it'll be better. Mostly because I could not tell you one thing about the Godfather three. This is what I can tell you about Godfather three. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And is then that that's, what that's it. From? It's yep. That's what it's from. Wow. That's the only thing um, that it has. What is the plot of justice league? Um, that, so, okay. So what happened was the plot of justice league is that, um, is that you did too much PCP. Is that the flash wanted the flash tripped over something. And landed in Wonder Woman's boobs, but Wonder Woman didn't want the Flash to land in her boobs, so they got a different Wonder Woman to fill in for See, the. See, that's boobs. a movie I can't wait for the documentary of Ray Fisher, the Ray Fisher story to come out. Yeah, I would watch that. Movie. Oh man, if I wish a Heart of Darkness like documentary would come out from Justice League, I think that would be amazing. <laughs> sure, I guess sure. I mean, you want to change it? Listen, it, the other thing in this day and age is like. Every version is so readily available. Like we brought up Blade Runner. There are 20 versions of Blade Runner. So like whatever, you know, including the porn parody. Right. So just whatever, like it'll all be on there. You can watch every version ever. They're not going to be that hard to find. It used to be, you know, the new version came out. They would the studio would be like, that's it. That's the version. Like we're going to lock away all the other. But now everything's out somewhere. So it doesn't matter whatever go for it it's a very nihilistic view to take well i can't help it hollywood is racist man okay and so you're not wrong nope nope i'm not that's uh that's it you got anything else oh there is one more thing wrap this shit up hollywood is racist Uh uh-huh that's the whole thing oh okay cool all right well then um uh oh hey andrew yeah hey andrew yeah hey andrew yeah Hey, and yeah, I'm done with it. Where can they find us? <laughs> they can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play Music, and on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Listen to us at all those places and more. Not more, just those. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break, where we used to put up videos, and we will one day again soon, mark my words. By God. <laughs> you can also find us on Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Tune in next episode because we're going to have a uh, a special announcement about our Patreon and about some things that are changing. Oh, this is where I get kicked off the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> I know it. This is... I could feel it. Chris, if I was going to do it next episode, I'd do it right now. Wait, why? You don't have anyone to co-host the podcast with for next episode you can also send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com you can visit our website which is www.themedialunchbreak.com give us a rating and a reviewing on iTunes on SoundCloud and on YouTube because now we're pronouncing those letters we're pronouncing these again okay cool Uh, and a special thank you to Julie thanks Julie who uh, this change on Patreon will affect oh no you're kicking Julie off of Patreon, <laughs> and you're kicking me off the podcast. You've gone mad. I'm putting her on the show instead oh, of you. Oh, no, that's better. That's yeah, much better. It's an improvement. Wait, does that mean I have to give on Patreon? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's give what you can. So so nothing. Just send over your, your trash from Burger King. Because 
I've been doing a podcast for the last three years, so I have no money to give. This should be less work. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's, uh, that's, uh, there was, there used to be nothing. And now where there is nothing, now there is something. And isn't that amazing? And that's how the universe was created. That is how the universe was, who is this? Oh, my mom's texting me. Oh, she's texting me too. Oh, you. (laughs) I deserve that. I deserve that. I deserve that. One of these days, I'm going to give you an episode to edit and just see what comes out the other end. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, if it comes you got out. nothing going on these days, right? Nah. No. Nah, man. I mean, until I run out of almond milk and then I got to truck across miles. the sand gate. I'm going to make you like a little belt strap so you can carry your and you can wear headphones and you can edit on your way there. Sure. I mean, I got nothing else to do in my trek across the Sahara. Oh, it's not that hot inside my apartment with the air conditioning. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> my new house has central air, and I'm so Fuck happy. Fuck you. I, I, I got there. Uh, last time I got there, and I was like, I was like sweating, because we had all these packages. We got like an air cleaner and a modem and shit. <laughs> but I thought you were going to be like, I was just like sweating, because I was conscious. Because <laughs> I'd just eaten. Uh, but no, I was I was like just sweating bullets while I was opening stuff, and I was like, "Why is it not cold in here? We bought this house and it has central air." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, because we don't live here yet, so we turn it off whenever we leave." And I forgot to turn it on. That makes and then sense. it was perfect. I hate you. We have our own washer and dryer. I hate you so much right now. You can come over when I, and listen. Whenever we, if we ever record in the same room again, you can bring your laundry. Don't think I won't. I'm- I know, do it. Well. I'm, I'm, I, I know, because I was going to say, like, I, I barely remember how much it costs, but if you guys have enough of it ever, then it might be cheaper for you to bring it on the train, do the laundry while we record, and then take it back oh, on the train. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely, 100%. Because especially if you break down the cost of, like, doing a podcast and doing laundry at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, I would be paying money to come over and do the laundry. But also, I'm paying money to come over and do something anyway. So it's it's more cost. I'm getting more bang for my buck. Sure. Listen, in my head, this math works out. We could still do this. Right. Right. So you wouldn't have right. to come over. I'm done. Can I be... T- I miss you too, man. That was it. I just, I just lost it. What? What just happened? I'm done. I'm ending this episode. <laughs> Is there something squeaking in your apartment? I, oh, just now? I just hear it sounds like a fan shaking or something. Really? Well, I keep thinking it's in my apartment, but I don't hear anything. And it's only when I have the headphones. Know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't think I don't think it's getting picked up. I mean this table squeaks a little bit, but and I haven't that's what it is. I just tapped it like now, but Yeah, you did. We gotta get that Patreon money to get you a better table. Great. That's that's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Kidding me? <laughs>